favourite times of the week. Because it involves food, I have Gail with me at the table with Gail on this Waitangi weekend, long weekend. Yeah, kia ora. Uh, yeah, kia ora. Um, and, and talking to Catherine just prior to me coming on air, um, she told me that she tried a couple of recipes. I did. One very good one and one... Love it, love it. So that's good. And uh, the one that you did love is going to be repetitive anyway. So um, I'm thankful for that. So I'm pleased you tried it because that says me trying it. The the dud, I mean. It could be me because I'm not a very good baker, but I'm going to keep trying. And I don't have a very good oven. Oh, okay. Yeah, but I will keep trying. Yeah, that's a a cook's excuse. I don't have a very good oven. But anyway, that's okay. (laughs) I understand, Catherine. (laughs) But anyway, we're going to start off this week. Uh, with chocolate and beetroot cake, and I think this is one that we've probably had before in our sessions, I don't know, but um, it's such a great cake, and I have tasted, not this particular recipe that I'm going to give you now, but I have tasted um, a chocolate cake, and I was told to sort of guess, you know, what was in it and all that sort of thing, and I never guessed that it had beetroot, and I never even tasted the beetroot, so if you think... What is she doing? You don't even taste it. So I'm going to go ahead and give it to you. I'm going to. I'm definitely going to try this one, and it's going to work. I, it, it will work. Okay, yeah, it hit will us work. with it. Now, so we're we're just looking at having a 450 gram can of whole beetroot and drain that, please. You know, just make sure it's well drained. Uh, three eggs, a third of a cup of cocoa powder, one and a quarter cup of self-raising um, flour, one cup of caster sugar. 125 grams of butter and 100 grams of dark chocolate. And we talked about this in a previous session. If you can get the, um, if you can get the chocolate that's over 70, over 70%, yeah. um, I think that's the best one to go for, yeah, you know, or even more, the darker the better. Uh, we'll talk about that in a, in another session, another day. And then we've got to put icing on it just to, you know, to, to improve the flavour. Uh, and I'll give you that now. And it's pretty straightforward. One and a half cups of icing sugar, a quarter of a cup of cocoa powder, two teaspoons of butter softened, and two tablespoons of boiling water, which you could just about do for any icing anyway. So first of all, we're going to uh, grease a... A 22 centimetre square cake tin and then line the base with baking paper. And it's always easier to line a square tin than what it is around. So it's your choice, (laughs) but we're going for square tin at the moment. Now, um, just make sure that beetroot, when you've drained it, that it's um, dry. And if not, you know, just sort of um, wrap a a couple of paper towels around it just to take that excess moisture off the, the outside of it. Uh, and place in a food processor and blend until smooth. So um, that's that's one way of getting it into sort of, I suppose, not quite a liquid, but um, certainly breaks it down. Add eggs and combine. Uh, sift the cocoa and flour into a large bowl, then stir in the caster sugar. Place the butter and the chocolate in a small sa- saucepan and stir over a very, very low heat until smooth. Now, you're adding the beetroot uh, and the chocolate mixtures into the dry ingredients and combine well. And I always think, you know, you can do that part of it with a spoon anyway, a large uh, wooden spoon, um, instead of, you know, beating it. And then pour into the cake tin. Now, cook in a moderate oven, uh, 180 degrees Celsius for one hour. Just keep an eye on it until a skewer comes out clean. And then... You know, you don't really take any cake out while it's hot because it'll probably fall to bits. So stand for 10 minutes before turning out onto a wire rack. 
and then course you're putting your um, sifted icing sugar and cocoa into a bowl because both of them usually have lumps cocoa usually has lumps yeah. so you need to sort of put those through the sifter then add the butter and enough boiling water to form a spreadable consistency and then oh you know spread over that cake when it's cold and um, yeah cut into squares basically that's it but that sounds really believe easy. me Catherine I'm sure if you're going to make this you yeah. tell me whether you tasted the beetroot or not okay I will tell you next yeah. well maybe not next time in a couple of weeks yeah yeah just yeah. tell me yeah well we know we don't rush home and do these things no. but talking about you know sort of sifting stuff and 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 putting um the beetroot into a blender I I had a quick snapchat from my son um, my my two granddaughters that took over the kitchen while I wasn't there and uh basically and one of them she had a, a potato masher and a bowl and it was one of the old-fashioned potato mashes, you know, with the Z thing. And she was just going, you know, flat tack in the kitchen. I thought, I wonder what she's doing. Anyway, I asked her when I got home, and I said, what were you doing with that mash? She said, oh, nearly I was mashing bananas. Oh, <laughs> oh, okay. Wow. <laughs> yeah, that's a good way of doing it. She was, it looked like hard work to me, but anyway, it obviously worked. That's so cute. <laughs> yeah. Right, so that's our chocolate and beetroot cake, and we're going to move on. I gave this recipe because it's quite simple, and, um, and of course, rhubarb. Mm. And rhubarb is flourishing in people's gardens at the moment, and I think we've probably had a rhubarb recipe over the last two or three weeks. But this one is really quite, uh, what would you say, it's got one, two, three, four ingredients, and that includes a rhubarb. So there you are. And I think if you, for this recipe, if you can get the rhubarb that's the, got the red stems, yeah. because it's always prettier, yeah. you know, than looking at the, the green ones. Okay. Okay. Have you got rhubarb growing? I haven't, but I, I will next year. Oh, that's right. I was going to bring you a clump. I thought about that when I was picking it the that's other okay. day. Yeah, I'll bring you a clump so you can actually start growing it and, and make some of these recipes. But anyway, we're starting off with um, one kilo kilo of rhubarb and uh, one tablespoon of caster sugar, two large egg whites and 100 grams of caster sugar. Now you're setting the oven to 200 degrees and you're rinsing that rhubarb under, you know, running water or just put it into your sink and cut off uh, the, the tough bits. Now what I do is, I think I've mentioned before, I cook my rhubarb in the oven. I don't never put it in the pan because it sort of looks like string. And then I, I usually put it into a dish or um, a roasting dish with the sugar and that means the one tablespoon of caster sugar in fact that doesn't seem to be much it doesn't does it no but uh, that's just to cook it but of course you're putting the um the the rest of the sugar uh in later so that obviously um you know makes up for that for the what you're baking it in so you're putting it into a dish and baking it and at 200 degrees honestly it doesn't really take that long to cook and then basically uh, once you've removed it from the oven, it's truly soft and secretly and leave to cool. So you're mashing the rhubarb with a fork so it's smooth and puree-like. Now put the egg whites, make sure it's in a spotlessly clean, greaseproof bowl and whisk till they stand in peaks. Mm. It's like making a pavlova, yeah. basically. And then you're actually stirring in the 100 grams of caster sugar and whisk again until thick and shiny, virtually like a pavlova. And then you're gently folding in uh, that rhubarb puree and honestly just spoon it into um, to glasses and it looks lovely because if you've chosen the red rhubarb it will look really nice and this is called rhubarb snow ah yeah obviously because of the egg whites yes. of course yeah. yeah that sounds very fancy it does sound fancy but it's very simple 
isn't it? Well, it does look pretty simple. Mm. Could just flake a little bit of chocolate over the top of that since we're in a chocolate mood. The test would be if um, I could do it, of course. Well, you know, (laughs) just buy a flake and just flake it over or grate some chocolate that you've got in the fridge. And um, there we are, rhubarb snow and lovely little parfait glasses or something. Sounds very fancy. Yeah, it does sound fancy. Very simple, but... Good from the garden. Well, you have mentioned chocolate a couple of times, so we're going to play the band Hot Chocolate now for everybody. Oh, okay. Enjoy. Thank you. 
What did you think of that groovy piece of music? Oh, well, I was booking around in my chair, so that wasn't too bad. Yeah, it was good. Yes. Bit of hot chocolate. Everyone's a winner. Well, we're going to get away from hot chocolate just at the moment. We're going to plunge into protein. Oh, so you know something quite different. Something quite different. So I saw these and I thought, oh, I thought these might particularly suit you, Catherine. Actually, so um, the zesty lemon and chickpea muffins. That does sound like that's Mm. got my name. It's nice. You can make these and stick them in the freezer and bring out you know bring one to lunch every now and again so um we're starting off with one and a quarter cups of cooked chickpeas which you told me that you do do because i suggested opening up a can which is always easy but um if you can cook them and you eat them frequently well why not cook up a whole lot of chickpeas but you need one and a quarter cups for this particular recipe and one cup of milk a quarter of a cup of sesame seeds toasted a half a cup of sun-dried tomatoes, quarter of a cup of oil, a quarter of a cup of fresh basil, parsley or coriander, which I'm sure you'll all have growing in your garden, two teaspoons of lemon zest, one tablespoon of lemon juice, and um, I'm not sure exactly what this next one is, but I'm going to read it out because you might have heard it, and I didn't do any research on this, but and I don't know whether it's a misprint. A half a teaspoon of hing. Have you ever heard of that? I haven't, no, but I'll Google it while Oh, I'm okay. Yeah. You, you do the, your thing, and uh, I'll carry on. And one cup of white flour, half a cup of wholemeal flour, one teaspoon of salt, and two teaspoons of baking powder. Now, don't panic if you go to the pantry and you think, oh, I've got no wholemeal flour. So you can always substitute that with a little bit of rice flour, a little bit of chickpea flour. Uh, just, you, you know, keep using white flour, but there's always substitutes. And it's always good to have a little bit of coconut flour or rice flour in your pantry for, um, you know, mixing up um, your flours, which is quite good. Now, what we're going to do now is heat the oven to 200 degrees Celsius and grease a 12-hole muffin tray. So make sure you grease it well. I tend to sometimes just put a bit of baking paper at the bottom and uh, just to make sure that they don't stick. But a good grease should do them finely. And I'm talking about the quite, quite big muffin trays. Uh, place the drained chickpeas into a food processor and finely chop. And it's not saying puree them or anything. It's just sort of saying chop them up. And then put it into a bowl. The chickpeas, the sesame seeds, which you've quickly toasted in a fry pan, only take a couple of minutes, milk, tomatoes, oil, herbs, zest and juice, and hing. So have we discovered what hing is? Yeah, well, sort of. I know what it tastes like. Oh, right. So you could use it maybe if you don't know what hing is like we don't. It's a flavour similar to onions or leeks. So you maybe could use a little bit of... Oh, Onion salt or yeah, something? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Or even a bit of garlic salt. Good thinking. Yeah, Thank yeah. you very much for that, Catherine. No because, problem. But that's interesting. Hing, so it's very similar to um, like a spring onion or something. Yeah, or... onions or leeks, so that family anyway. So yeah. you're right with your garlic or... Oh, very uh, I good. guess given that it's a savoury type muffin, yeah. maybe. Yeah. yeah. No. If you know what hing is... Great, let us know. That's very good. Send us an Thank email. you for that. No, that's lovely. And uh, so you're adding all those ingredients and stir to combine them. We're always, um, you know, make sure it's all mixed up. But when you are putting in your flours, um, salt and baking powder, gently mix and blend them all together. Don't, you know, really stir. We need to fold in. We want our muffins to be lovely and light and fluffy. 
Uh, place spoonfuls into the muffin tray as evenly as you can, then sprinkle over with sesame seeds. Now you're baking for 15 minutes. This is a high heat, 200 degrees, until the muffin top springs back. We do the finger test. Put now, you know, sort of just get in there and go oh, like this in the, on your muffin, and just see if it, you know, bounces back. And of course, when you take your muffins out, uh, let's stand for five minutes before removing from the tray. And it's lovely when you take them out. I love seeing them on the uh, on the rack. You know, all just sort of all lovely together, all fresh, just out of the oven. So that is your zesty lemon lemon and chickpea muffins. Marvelous. Sounds I think really they delicious. Are marvelous. Yeah. Yes, I think they would be quite nice. It's my sort of thing too, as well. To be quite honest. What else have we got to tempt? Uh, wow, I hate with... to say this, but we're moving back into chocolate again. Oh, that's um, I don't think so anyone's going to complain. Good. Yeah, yeah, well, it's 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 quite good. This is actually chocolate shortbread, which you don't actually see in you know I don't think I've seen it much in the uh, cafes. But anyway, um, and I'm going to give you a couple of variations to do with it, okay? Because you can with shortbread. So we've got uh, 250 grams of unsalted butter, softened. And you don't unsalted butter. They've said to do that. But if you haven't got it, you've bought just the salted butter, just go ahead and use it. One cup of icing sugar, two teaspoons of um, vanilla, uh, one and a quarter cups of plain flour, and a half a cup of rice flour. I just mentioned that before. It's good to have a different types of flour in your pantry. One third of a cup of cocoa powder and a quarter of a cup of coffee crystals. And uh, which I don't really have, I think sugar, sugar, but anyway, coffee crystals if you've got them. Now you're preheating the oven to 160 degrees Celsius. So it's not a hot oven, it's just a nice sort of coolish oven. And line two large oven trays with baking paper. I love baking paper. Beat the butter and icing sugar and the vanilla in a small bowl with an electric mixer until light and fluffy. Transfer the mixture to a large bowl and then stir in your sifted flours and cocos in two batches. So I just sort of think, you know, just uh, I think what they mean by two batches is sifting it twice. Do they? Oh. I'm not sure. Or just do it in two batches, two you know, different... do one do one first and then do the other one so that it's all not going in at the same time. Mm. I think that's probably what it means. You're asking the non-baker here. Yeah. <laughs> Turn the dough onto a lightly floured bench and knead lightly for five minutes. Now, I brought a, a, a just a little wee diagram in because when I wanted to talk to you, I wanted to make sure that I'm telling you what to do right. So divide the mixture into six equal portions. So that's what you're doing really with the, with this mixture. And then using your hands to press each dough portion into a sort of 12 centimetre round. So you're dividing it up into to, um, to six and then you're pressing it with a uh, rolling pin or just, you know, on your hands like I do sometimes on a board and make each shortbread round into um, six wedges. Now, you don't cut right through. You just use it. It says use the back of a knife, but um, just sort of like cut it. Sort into of like six. an indent, really, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, exactly, an indent. Gee, that's good, Catherine. That's exactly what I was looking for. Just an indent round that so that you've, um, you know, you've got these lovely just sort of portions, and then basically you can put them in the oven and then prick with a fork, 
and then use your fingertips to pinch the edges round. So see how the edges are pinched yeah, round? they're really nice. Yeah, I know. They look it's like just, little wagon wheels. Yeah, they do, actually. And just pinch those around like that. And that's why I bought it, because I thought, well, I've got to explain it right. And then sprinkle with the coffee crystals. And, and that's, you know, before you put them in the oven. I think I might have preempted something yes, there. Yes, you did say I think to put I them in, put in the, the oven. Yeah. But we, we, hadn't, um, we hadn't pressed the edges by then. Or pricked so, with a fork. Or, so. or pricked with a mm. fork, yes. So you don't want to be holding the oven open and trying to prick it with a fork. So sorry about that. So once you've done all that, <laughs> you can actually put them in the oven and you bake, because it's only at 160, for about 45 minutes until cooked through. And remember, these are just, you know, sort of 12 centimetre rounds and they've got the indentations on that. And when they come out, I should imagine with a very, very sharp knife, you're actually cutting into those indentations, yeah. you know, to make them into things. So what I'm going to just tell you now is I've just found a couple of different variations, so I thought it might be nice and useful to have those um, same mixture, except you're, you know, shifting a few things. So we've got orange and craisin shortbread. So you're substituting the vanilla e extract with orange essence and kneading a third of a cup of finely chopped sweetened craisins into the dough before dividing the mixture, as we said before, into the por portions and shaping. So that's one alternative that you can use and of course there's double chocolate since we had the chocolate interlude you can knead uh, 100 grams of chopped chocolate into the dough nice dark chocolate before dividing the chocolate as we say into the portions and shaping so that's that one and there's ginger so I'm giving you these three different ideas knead a half a cup of finely chopped glazed ginger into the dough before dividing it into portions and you know sort of shaping as we said so there you are you can have you know all those lovely choices I think that's great that you've got all those all those choices. So once you get the batter all sorted, mm. you can go. You can make all sorts of different variations. Exactly, you can make different variations. In fact, to me, you're dividing the dough into six, aren't you? Yeah. So hey, why not? Oh. You know, you know, throw a bit of ginger in one, craisin and yeah. one, orange in one. Yeah. Oh, tasty, yeah. and they look really cute too. Oh. So you can get quite artistic. Yeah, you could get quite artistic, and wouldn't they look nice on the on the plate? Different flavours, absolutely Definitely. gorgeous. Yeah. So yeah. that's our that's our recipes for this week, Catherine. Wonderful. You're on Coast Access Radio with Gail at the table, one hundred four point seven. Thank you, Gail. Oh, it's been great. Have a good and safe weekend, everybody. This program was made with assistance from New Zealand on air for radio broadcast and through the accessmedia.org.nz website. Thank you, New Zealand on air.